0: Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition.
1: Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just. Well, welcome down. to Dishing Come Up Nutrition. Songs, I'm Darlene Cavist. You know, I'm a licensed nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist. And I invite you to stay tuned to Dishing Up Nutrition today because we wanna talk with you about your habits that may be sabotaging your weight loss and health goals. Hmm, mm-hmm. that's kinda of interesting, isn't it? It is. So, my question is for you, do you have habits holding you back from achieving your goals? So that's what we're gonna talk about. Well, that's good morning, Mercy.
2: Well, good morning, Dar. I am Marcy Vaskey, also a licensed nutritionist, and today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Some of our listeners have been wondering what exactly is a licensed nutritionist. I Excellent. do get that. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, let me just explain that a little bit. So, for anyone who's out there wondering or wonder, want, maybe wanting to get into being a nutritionist, listen up. Oh, no, wait, now,
1: Marcy. I'll be getting lots of calls from all over the United States. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
2: (laughs) Be careful what
1: you say, right? Uh
2: So in the state of Minnesota, if you give nutritional advice, you must be licensed by the State Board of Dietetics and Nutrition.
1: That's interesting. It
2: is because a lot of people don't know that number one, and some states don't require that.
1: Mm -hmm. Because I remember one day, the person that was carrying out my groceries... Was giving me Excuse nutrition me. <laughs>
2: advice. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, in order to become licensed, a nutritionist must obtain a master's degree in nutrition, and then we have to complete nine hundred hours of an internship. That's yeah. So, a it's master's
1: a, degree and nine hundred hours. So, yes. it's a lot of time,
2: and you know, we're talking uh, somewhere around like six or seven year process really to become licensed. Sure. So, it's a long, quite
1: quite a process, but well worth it. it yes. Yes. So, you know, I was one of the first people in Minnesota to be licensed. And that was back in 1996. 1996. And I'm proud to say I just renewed my license for the year 2018. Wow. So I'm going to keep going. Yes, you are. (laughs) You have to. You know, and I've held my
2: license since 2015. And we are also required to complete... 45 continuing education credits every three years and pay that wonderful yearly licensing fee.
1: <laughs> yes. So at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we really pride ourselves on continually reading all the past and current research, and then not all of it, but we read a lot of research. We do. And then we present it here on Dishing Up Nutrition or in some of our classes. Honestly, I've been reading uh-huh. nutrition research <laughs> for the last 40 years, probably don't read anything else. (laughs) Yeah, you probably don't. (laughs) And you know, frankly, some of the old research is still just as good, if not better, Than some of the more recent research.
2: Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. You know, but you, you know, we're always telling people, you know, make sure you know who's writing it, who's funding it, all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And and sometimes that's, that's really key. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, we know there are so many different opinions about what is healthy to eat, right? Oh. Thousands, (laughs) Thousands, <laughs> You know, we I have clients that come in all the time and they'll say, okay, what do you think about this one? What do you think about this? Yes. You know, because we hear it from our clients. And uh, as a nutrition counseling company, we look at who is sponsoring or paying for the research or who will benefit financially from the outcome of that research. Yes.
1: Right. It's kind of tricky sometimes to figure that out.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's amazing how money
1: talks. Yes.
2: So when we take all the research and we apply it in clinic, we know and we see that clients experience a better health, yes, better energy, more energy, fewer aches and pains, and better moods when they eat simple foods called real food imbalance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. So what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? So that means eating good animal protein, like, beef, chicken, eggs, even cheese, Um, eating good vegetables for carbs like, you know, Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, right? Or sweet
1: potatoes. Or
2: sweet potatoes. Or that wonderful
1: winter squash that's out right now. Yes,
2: yes. And don't forget the best part is the real fat. Mm -hmm. So I always tell clients it's real fat. It's no, no fat, no low fat. So things like butter, olive oil, cream, and of course the delicious avocados.
1: So one of my tricks, Marcy.
2: Oh, tricks. Listen up.
1: I've been making our chicken wild rice soup. Mm -hmm. And it's a great recipe. It is. But it's not a creamy chicken wild rice soup. And I like a creamy. Mm -hmm. So I just put a little bit of heavy cream in my chicken wild rice soup. And it's absolutely delicious.
2: Oh, yum. Totally. Great way to just kind of top it off. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So... Let's get into our topic today. Let's do that. So do you have habits that are sabotaging your weight loss or health goals? You know, as you listen today, I want you to think about your health and weight loss goals. Have you said, well, I want to lose 10 pounds so I can fit into that new dress I bought to wear to my company's holiday party. Right, We hear that one a lot. Mm -hmm, We do. Or perhaps you have a goal to lose 50 pounds in the coming year. And we we have a lot of people and that's their goal. Yes, it is. And we also have people that say, I just want to get rid of my aches and pains.
2: Oh, for sure. You yes. just want to, I just want to feel better. Yes. I feel better in my clothes. Um, you know, and as nutritionists, we know this story all too well. Yes, we, we do. We hear it all the time, you know, so something like this, this has happened. You get started and you're actually making some progress. Feeling good, and then unbeknownst to you, all of a sudden, one of your bad habits comes along, and your goal kind of gets sabotaged. So you have to start all over again. It happens all the time, exactly. And I think some people don't even realize that they're sabotaging themselves. No. So no. everybody, listen in and think <laughs> about it today. What is your sabotaging
1: behavior? Behavior. Yes. As you reflect. What habit or habits derail you from your health plan? Like, think about it yesterday. What derailed you? Did it derail you? Right. Uh, Did it start with, and this is one that I hear all the time. (laughs) Did it start with stopping at your favorite coffee shop? You know, you plan to order just a black coffee and maybe add a little of your own cream, Mm -hmm. and suddenly you found yourself ordering a latte with skim milk in a pumpkin muffin. For sure. (laughs) And in your head, you justify it to yourself because, you know, after all, it's everything pumpkin season right now. I know. So if I don't have a, this is what you're thinking to yourself. So if I don't have a pumpkin muffin right now, I'll totally miss out. And you'll be feeling frustrated. And then you're asking yourself, why can't I just order a black coffee and be out the door without feeling deprived? Yeah, feeling deprived. Why it's, does that make you feel deprived? You know, that's a quite great question. I you know, and that. I think even people bite into that pumpkin muffin and they say, well, gee, it doesn't taste as good as I thought it was. Oh, Going no. To? Especially if you've been eating
2: the Weight and Wellness way for a while. Yes. You can really taste what's in those pumpkin muffins and it's nothing good. And it's all those chemicals. For sure. Yeah. You know, so let's look at this simple stopping at the coffee house habit. We really want to help you, you know, just kind of piece this together. Why you might fall off your personal commitment to your own self to lose weight or to eat, to control that inflammation in your body. You know, intellectually, you know, actually, that a pumpkin muffin and a latte with skim milk, which are both full of sugar Sugar, and those bad fats, you know, that's going to sabotage your commitment. And it will set you up to what? to crave sugar all day long. You know, I, I always ask my clients in the beginning, let's run through your day, right? And then you can see
1: where these little patterns become. Yes, yeah. yes. And you know, it's so interesting because somehow people justify that latte or that mocha, and they may drink on it all day, but they're constantly putting sugar into their system um a, you know it it is right. kind of I mean, that's a great point. So my question, to people, is what is it that sets you up that you just feel like you have to stop for coffee? Right. Why has that ever happened to you, Marcy?
2: Oh yes. Yes. I've I've <laughs> asked myself, why do I have to have this coffee? <laughs> um, you know, and what you might be asking is, did I get enough sleep last night? Right? Uh-huh. Or, so you ask yourself, did I get that seven, seven seven and a half to nine hours of sleep? Well, most people are going to say, no way, I did not. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you are sleeping more, you won't crave that caffeine and sugar and your body and your brain will be working better. I didn't have any coffee this morning. Good job.
1: And I feel great. Nice. I mean, it's so good to feel great.
2: I did have my coffee with my MCT oil in it.
1: Okay. (laughs) I have to tell you the truth.
2: Um, If you're not getting that seven and a half to nine hours of sleep most nights, you know, why not? Exactly. You have to ask yourself, why not? Right. What am I doing? First, you need to believe this research that found that lack of sleep slows metabolism did everybody hear that? Mm-hmm. Increases insulin resistance and often causes cravings for sugar.
1: So you have to first believe the research. Yes. Really? Because I believe, I mean, I believe intellectually, if you believe the research, you will say, hmm, you know, I don't need that coffee. I need sleep.
2: Yeah, you can make the change a lot easier. So I think it's time for our okay. first break. Um, You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Today, Dar and I are discussing habits sabotaging your weight loss. Do you have a habit that is getting in the way of you losing those extra pounds? Give us a call at 651 641 1071 and let's talk.
0: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We
1: understand excessive weight is just one symptom of poor health. So in our 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss program, we not only focus on losing weight, but also on your health. You know, the average weight loss diet is typically not a health diet. Very true. I mean, let me say that again. Think about this. A typical average weight loss diet is not a health diet. However, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness Program, it is so much more than just a weight loss diet. It really is. I mean, it's a health diet and people lose weight because that's one of the symptoms. You know, our Nutrition for Weight Loss plan sets you up for good energy, mm-hmm. good moods, good memory, and of course, weight loss. That's the end product. But you'll feel great doing it.
2: You do. And you're not hungry. You're not... You know, crabby because you're having low or high blood sugar all day long. You're just a happy happy camper. Right.
1: Losing weight. And you're not starving. That's right. So remember what... You were going to say something, Marcy.
2: Oh, no. I was just going to... Talking about the weight loss. There's Mm -hmm. some people who, you know, I think Leah and Shelby were on a Mm -hmm. few weeks ago talking about people who stay up too late and maybe are not losing weight because...
1: They are addicted to late night TV shows. Right. Or Facebook. Or some people are texting their friends and they only get a few hours of sleep. I can't each night. imagine. You know, and and I honestly have had this happen. Some of our clients, <laughs> they get up in the middle of the night and they run over to the casino to gamble rather than sleep. Wow. And of course they're struggling with their weight. Yes, <laughs> of course. You know, most people with a, with this late night bad habit that really it's becoming an addiction. Right. Usually need weekly nutritional counseling to overcome this addiction. You know, they need better sleep hygiene. That's a nice word to say, but yeah. how do you change your behavior? How do you actually stop watching late night TV? Right. You know, it's, it, it's kind of like, they need help setting a bedtime Mm mm-hmm and sticking to it that's right because you can do it for a couple of nights well sure you can do anything for a short amount of time (laughs) But unless you have to report in to your nutritionist and say no I did it seven nights this week right good progress
2: it is and you know people don't think about going to a nutritionist to check in on their sleep no you know but it's so important like we've been pointing out for weight loss and just overall better health Um. And you know, there's another thing too here that with the sleep piece is, you know, many women in perimenopause or menopause cannot sleep, you know, and why? We're finding that because their hormones are out of balance. Well, then they know it. That's right. They feel terrible. So ask this question to yourself. Are you in perimenopause or menopause and you just can't sleep well or you've always been a good sleeper and all of a sudden you're just waking up all the time? Um, like you wake up frequently, or maybe you just feel wired all night. Yes, we hear that one a lot. Yeah, for sure. And they don't have any idea
1: what's co- why they're feeling wired.
2: No, they they blame it on other things. Sometimes their food, but maybe a lot of times just stress. Um, but that is commonly really just a result of not having sufficient amount of the hormone progesterone.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to talk a little bit more about progesterone yeah. as we go along in this show. So if you're getting six hours of sleep or less. You know, you're not alone. No. A poll conducted by Gallup in 2013 showed that 40% of us, not us. No, I sleep like a baby. But the listeners, yes, (laughs) get less than six hours of sleep per night. Wow. And, you know, honestly, six hours is just not enough sleep to lose weight or even to think well. So what can you do about your lack of sleep? That's right. You got to look at this. It's serious. It's a serious business.
2: It is serious. So, you know, sleep is so vital, like we've been saying, for your health and well-being that we really want to drive home the need for some good sleep. Um, We need sleep to lower stress levels, Mm -hmm. to lower chronic inflammation. People probably don't put that one together very often. No, they don't. Um, To lower our
1: insulin resistance. Oh, and there's been study after study after study
2: after study on that. Yeah. That sleep, 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 and your your sugar or your insulin resistance will be better. To lower your risk of obesity, um, you need better sleep to decrease or eliminate that type 2
1: diabetes Mm -hmm. and even heart disease. Right. So a lot of things. So, you know, I think a lot of women are listening and saying, okay, I get that. I understand that. I'm in perimenopause or menopause and I'm waking up several times a night. (laughs) You know, you maybe wake up at three or four or five. Right. And you can't get back to sleep. So I was, when I was kind of put this show together, I was checking around and see. So, Anne Louise Gittleman, you know, she has written many, many, many books. Mm -hmm. And one of them is Before the Change. So I checked out, let's see what Anne Louise says. Let's do that how to stop insomnia during perimenopause. You know, as a nutritionist, Anne Louise Gittleman has found that low levels of magnesium in your body can cause you to wake up repeatedly during the night. Low. Many women, she said, have a magnesium-calcium imbalance during perimenopause. As a nutritionist, you know, we, also recommend we do taking magnesium glycinate <laughs> at bedtime. Talk about it in our class. We talk about and dishing up nutrition. Yes, and we're talking about it all the time. Exactly. Yeah. But she had his other ideas too, right?
2: Um, and studies have shown that over three quarters of the population are deficient in magnesium. So so important that we're taking this mineral. Um, and what we you know sometimes just taking one tablet is enough. It's no. generally not enough. Excuse me. <laughs> not enough. No, it's not. But we but, have clients that come in and they, they're taking one. Yes. And they'll say, well, it's not working. Yes. Well, of course it's not working because we want most of our clients to take four to six tablets before going to bed. So that looks like 400 to 600 milligrams of that magnesium glycinate. But what you need to remember is that not all of those magnesium supplements are created the same. Exactly. And many people don't realize that. And and the magnesium supplements found at the big box stores or online use a form of magnesium that is not well absorbed by our system and will often cause the diarrhea without really doing much help. Exactly. So you need to make sure you're getting that good magnesium glycinate. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: So another supplement that Anna Louise Gittleman recommends for sleep and anxiety is an amino acid called GABA. And just be, you know, just thinking about amino acid, what is that? Well, it actually comes from protein, from mm-hmm. a piece of meat or fish. So GABA is, you know, what is GABA? You know, think again, GABA is an amino acid and what it does is it promotes relaxation, reduces anxiety, and for most people it helps with sleep. Right. So usually taking one tablet or one capsule ranging from 500 to 750 milligrams, can help turn off worry. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And will allow you to sleep deeper and longer. Right, when you just feel more peaceful, you're gonna sleep deeper and longer. So, you know, Ann Louise Gittleman is saying, you know, and we say the same thing. I mean, it's just kind of interesting always to look at what other experts are saying. Correct. You know, magnesium glycinate, yep. you know, anywhere from 300 to 400 to 500 to 600 milligrams, sometimes even more. Yeah, depending on on their symptoms. Yes. right? And then if that isn't enough, maybe add one GABA mm-hmm. supplement and try it. Might as well. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. This week's headlines said that the obesity problem isn't budging. America's weight problem isn't getting any better, and according to new government research, 40% of adults are obese, and 18 and percent of children are obese. Wow, that's a lot, that's obese. Obese, wow. it's startling. When we come back from break, we want to discuss the new research from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention.
1: When I you, all I get is well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, before break, we were talking about the recent research about the obesity of adults and children. And we said we would share research from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This is something I found very interesting. The highest rates of obesity in adults were those, all those people that are in their 40s to 50s.
2: That is really interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. And the obesity rate for men now is 41% 41% of all men are obese. And for women, it is 45% of women that are obese. That means wow. almost half of the women, 40 to 50, are obese. That's just not overweight, but right. that is obese. Right. What's well, kind of shocking, isn't it's it? It's
2: very shocking. You know, and as a mother of 10-year-old twins, I was shocked that the obesity rate in children went from 17% to 18.5%. You know, national health officials found that the Let's Move campaign, does everyone remember that, was launched by former First Lady Michelle Obama in 2010, Mm -hmm. did not work. Did not work. Did everyone hear that? Well, and we're not surprised, are we, Dar? Because most weight issues are all about food. It's not the lack of exercise. No. No. You know, and also let's think about what the kids are eating and drinking in school. Chocolate skim milk is not the answer.
1: No. People. Because we know chocolate uh, skim milk is loaded with sugar.
2: Yes. it's ugh. Kids need whole milk that hasn't been sweetened and they need real non-processed foods. That's what our kitties need. Yes. It's a,
1: uh, kind of crazy. It is. Yes. You know. So we were talking... We were talking about sleep. Of course, we were talking about sleep. I know.
2: (laughs) So again, you know, and so let's talk about what Dr. Daniel Amen, author of Change Your Brain, Change Your Body, has to say about sleep. He says that melatonin, a hormone made in the brain, actually helps regulate other hormones and maintains the body's sleep cycle. So are you having trouble falling asleep? This might be part of your problem. You know the routine. You get into bed and with the intention of falling right to sleep, but then you start tossing, turning, thinking, and you look at the clock and two hours have passed by. Mm-hmm. Right? So, that's happened. <laughs> yeah. So if that's you, I I would really recommend taking a melatonin supplement to stop, you know, the break, to help break this sleep deprivation cycle and really finally get a good night's sleep.
1: You know, what we really recommend if you're going to take melatonin is to take it in a sublingual form that you place under your tongue. That's all that means. Right. And most of our clients who have trouble falling asleep, they take three milligrams or maybe five milligrams about a half an hour before going to bed. Mm-hmm. And then they fall asleep and they wake up in the morning and they feel refreshed and alert. Now, personally, uh, I might start with less.
2: Right. You know, because three to five is pretty high.
1: Yes. But also some people need a lot more. For sure. And it works. Mm -hmm. And the trick is taking the sublingual one because it gets right into the bloodstream. Right. Don't have to, doesn't have to digest through our our,
2: our intestinal tract. You know, and Dr. Amen has also found that melatonin may be helpful for children who suffer with insomnia. Mm Mm-hmm. We know our body's natural melatonin levels are usually highest when we are children and slowly decrease as we age. But some kids
1: just don't seem to have enough melatonin in their brain. Right. And so they're struggling with going to sleep every night.
2: They are. You know, the good news about melatonin is that it's a strong antioxidant and it is neuroprotective.
1: So say that again, Marcy, because I don't think people realize this. Right.
2: So it's neuroprotective. So it's really good for our brain. Yes. And more good news about melatonin is that it's safe and it's not addictive. So for those of you kind of worrying about, you know, I just don't want to get addicted to this stuff. It won't
1: happen. You know, I remember going to listen to a neurologist talk about melatonin probably about 8, 10 years ago. And he had a child that had ADHD, mm-hmm. and he was giving her ten milligrams of melatonin every night so she could sleep. And he he kept going over, and this, this is just what you said: it is safe, right? And it helps protect the brain, right? So all good things.
2: Mm-hmm. You can start with maybe that half a milligram. That's like, me. Yeah. Like the, Dar. <laughs> She's very sensitive. And work up to maybe those six milligrams or even in some cases, you know, like the neurologist did with his daughter, 10. Um, if necessary, you know, like I said, you can go up to eight or
1: 10. Right. So if you are perimenopause or menopausal, and you just can't seem to get enough good quality sleep because you wake up frequently throughout the night or you just wake up too early, Yeah, is lack of sleep sabotaging your weight loss or health goals. And you know, we hear this all the time that women in menopause will gain weight. Right. Maybe it goes back to these women are not sleeping they're eight to nine hours. Right. And, and of so, course, then they start gaining weight.
2: Well, right. Exactly. We have all the problems that come along with that. Um, you know, and according to a study from the University of Chicago, people who are sleep deprived eat more processed carbohydrates
1: than those who get adequate sleep. Well, I mean, so I think, you know, you just have one or two nights of not sleeping and suddenly...
2: Like oh, muffins oh, sound good. The yes. pumpkin seasonal muffins <laughs> sound lovely. <laughs> um, you know, we know if you are merely just if you're just getting those four to five hours of sleep at night, you will no doubt want to eat a donut. Yes, you'll want a cookie, a bagel, a candy, some ice cream. You're not going to be choosing things like meat and vegetables
1: and good fats. It's just not not really going to happen. So think of your own behavior. If you're only getting five maybe five and a half hours of quality sleep, you are twice as likely, twice as likely to chow down on processed carbs like crackers, potato chips, soda, coffee mochas, or cake to get through the day. And you, you know, each of you that is listening, you might have your own special carbohydrates that you go to.
2: Exactly. You know, so people out there listening, I think too, like look, look in the pattern of your day mm-hmm. and see, wow, is it sleep that I'm not getting that's making
1: me want to eat these things? So here's another interesting fact. Um if you are not getting enough sleep, you're more likely to skip breakfast or other meals. Isn't that interesting? It is very interesting. <laughs> which puts your blood sugar on a roller coaster ride that is bad for your brain and it leads to poor nutritional choices. And then you may overeat too. Right. It's crazy, isn't it? It really is.
2: You know, and so I love to research too for this show. So here's (laughs) something I came across that is quite remarkable. So one study found that women who slept at least seven and a half hours every night for 10 weeks lost six to 15 pounds with only one change.
1: What do you think that change was? Sleep. There we go. So I think we should challenge people, Marcy. I think so. For the next, say, 10 weeks, each of you listeners get, mm, I would say eight to nine hours of sleep every Mm -hmm. night Weigh yourself now. Yep. And just do the sleep and see how you come out at the end. Yeah. And see if you haven't lost, you know, six, maybe. I mean, some women lost 15 pounds in that 10 weeks. That's amazing. And they didn't, nothing else. Not even change change
2: their food, people. So, you know, really remarkable, I think.
1: So here's another motivating factor for many of us to get eight to nine hours of sleep. Research states that getting adequate sleep does more for your skin than wrinkle creams and (laughs) anti-aging treatments because lack of sleep sets you up for premature aging of your skin and you know dark circles under your eyes. Oh yeah. And even acne.
2: Now that's a really interesting one too. So we think about teenagers.
1: Yep. Not getting enough sleep. Or we also have a lot of what we call adult acne, Mm -hmm. you know, it comes on and it comes on all, most in perimenopause or menopause. I was just going to say that. So we actually regenerate more new skin cells while we sleep than any other time. You know, really sleep is a magic potion.
2: It is. So simple. You can save a whole bunch of money too on those skincare items. Just sleep. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So let's go back to talking about sleep problems during that perimenopause and menopause time. Uh, You know, some women around the ages of 39 to 49 wake up in that middle of night feeling like they're burning up and dripping with sweat. Mm -hmm. So what happens? You throw off the blankets and finally fall back to sleep, but then waking up, freezing Mm -hmm. and shivering. So if that sounds like you, we would say what? Your hormones are out of whack, out of balance. Now, this could be because of past poor nutritional habits like eating bad fats maybe mm-hmm. or just consuming too much sugar you know in the way of too many processed carbohydrates right or excess body fat or using even using birth control pills so many women today have what well, have excess estrogen and that is called estrogen dominance so these excess estrogens really can cause some women to feel anxious restless and at the end of the day unable
1: to sleep so interesting things that you just said marcy that you know because of past eating habits or because maybe people are carrying extra weight Mm -hmm. or um you know maybe they were taking birth control pills or but anyway they have too much Estrogen, right? that goes against what we learn usually, or well, not what we learn, but what people talk about. They tend to think that they hit menopause or perimenopause and they are deficient in estrogen. Yes. And we're saying, no, no, you actually have too much estrogen. Right. And that's causing all these symptoms that you're having. Right. So also at the same time, during this kind of perimenopause period, women usually stop ovulating and are no longer producing the calming hormone called progesterone. And I think, Marcy, we have to take a little break. We do. We'll come so back this to this.
2: will be a good place to stop. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Obesity certainly is an issue in the US, in every state and every city, including right here in Minnesota.
1: Exactly.
2: At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we too are on a food and nutrition campaign to help you control this epidemic. The best weight loss program and plan is our Nutrition for Weight Loss class because it's based on real food that's going to help you lose weight and stay healthy at the same time. You know, classes start the week of October 30th. So if you sign up by October 22nd, though, you can save $50 with an early bird special. This special is is
1: also valid for returning clients. And you know what? The other thing that happens in nutrition for weight loss is people have fun. They do have fun
0: (laughs) and you learn a lot.
1: So we'll be right back.
0: Hey Cravings, what's up? Not you, cause I'm taking you down. Oh, didn't see that coming? Because I've always buckled under your pressure? Well this is my house now. So bring it ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that Cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats, vegetable carbs. (laughs) The temptation-taming trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? (laughs) Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, Cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. (laughs) guess I better clean this up.
1: Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing I'm Nutrition. I'm you know, if you're struggling with perimenopause or menopause and sleep problems or any other kind of problem, right. <laughs> I encourage you to sign up for the Menopause Survival Seminar Saturday, November 4th at our St. Paul location. I love this class. You know, I'll be there to meet you and answer your personal questions, as you have about menopause or mm. perimenopause. You know, come join us. Let's make that a fun event. You know, next week. So, that's that menopause seminar is yeah. November fourth, right? Saturday. It's basically, I think, from ten thirty to three three thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great class. Yeah. And so much information. So next week on Dishing Up Nutrition, Karen Cassie will be giving you concrete suggestions on how to boost a broken metabolism.
2: That's a that's a good uh, radio show to follow up on this one, I yes. think.
1: I think a lot of people the walking around today feel like mm-hmm. they have a broken metabolism. You know, be sure to tune in and let's see if we can help you fix your broken metabolism. And let's do that. Lots of ideas on that
2: one. Right. So before we went on break, we were talking about progesterone, right?
1: Right. Should we take a caller, though?
2: Actually, we don't have the caller anymore. He
1: he left us, okay. He did. Then we will talk about progesterone. Yes. (laughs) So when you're thinking about your hormones, if you have high levels of estrogen and low levels of progesterone, that can result in poor sleep. So in order to get relief, many women need to help their bodies Get rid of this toxic estrogens Mm -hmm. and restore sufficient progesterone. You know, we really have a lot of different recommendations. We do. But they're really specific to each individual client. You know, if the symptoms we mentioned sound like what you're experiencing, I really recommend either coming to our menopause survival seminar on Saturday, November 4th at our St. Paul location or you know, make an appointment with one of the nutritionists, make an appointment with Marcy right? get these things figured out. Yes. You'll feel so much better. You know, we can help you make a good, get a good night's sleep Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And then the lack of sleep will no longer be sabotaging your weight loss. You know, we today, I mean, Mm -hmm. I know, and on this show, we have spent a lot of time on talking about sleep because it is one of the main reasons it sabotages people's weight loss and health goals. I mean, and, it's kind of surprising, isn't it? Right. And and people don't realize that, perhaps. No. You know, did you know that actually people lose weight while they sleep? Well, I did know that, yes. But I don't think <laughs> others knew that. It doesn't mean you have to be up on the treadmill.
2: That's right.
1: Whew, that know, was some- a really...
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, sometimes people, I will tell them, I'm like, you don't need to, you can just sleep in. Because the sleep is going to be what's more helpful for yes. you versus, you know, making sure you're up at 4 a.m. to get on the treadmill.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of interesting, Marcy, it's like that, let's move campaign. Yeah. For, I think we we knew that wasn't going to work. Right.
2: Because we know what it where the problem lies. Yes. It's in the food that they're eating. Exactly. That we're eating. So there are many other habits that sabotage weight loss. We know there's not just one because some people sleep great, right? Yes. And that's not their problem. But, you know, clients will tell me over and over, you know, they're just too busy to cook and they eat out and no matter how hard they try, the foods or the meals that they're choosing at the restaurant are just not not good for weight loss. So it's not as if they don't really want to stay on the food plan, But when you eat in a restaurant, there are just too many temptations. So if that's a spot for you, take yourself out of it.
1: Yes. So let's kind of face it. When you eat out at a restaurant, you can often lose your commitment to your goal. You say to yourself, well, I'll just eat this today. (laughs) And tomorrow I'll be serious again about my eating plan and my diet. Yep. And then you think, hey, you know what? I just lost five pounds since I started and that's a great start. So I should be okay, but then you eat out and the next day you step on the scale and you see that you've gained three pounds. (laughs) Very disappointing. Now you're kind of back at square one. Right. Because of the choices, you have sabotaged your goal and all your hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, but if you had cooked dinner at home I You probably would have prepared, you know, four ounces to six ounces of meat, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. or some salmon or a burger. Right. A salad and a half a cup of acorn squash with a couple of teaspoons of butter. Mm -hmm. You'd have been satisfied. You would have avoided temptation. And you probably would have lost another pound or two. Then the truth is, by sticking to your commitment to your goal and cooking dinner at home... Mm -hmm. you probably would be down six or seven pounds instead of down only two and starting all over again at square one. Right. And people go through this scenario over and over and over.
2: Yes, and they just keep saying, I can't lose the weight. I can't lose the weight. I'm just stuck right here. But why are you stuck right there, people? Look at your
1: patterns. So why is it besides the fact that temptation when you're eating out, right. is there. Exactly. There is another reason. You
2: know, most of those foods are co- that are cooked there in the restaurant are going to be fried or cooked in some type of vegetable oil, maybe a corn oil or that soybean oil or even a canola oil. You know, so research says they found that eating food cooked in vegetable oils can cause people to keep on eating and eating and eating and never feeling satisfied. I think that's really interesting for people to hear.
1: You know, I think, Marcy, you know, we've had uh, Tamara on from Sassy Spoon restaurant, and she does not cook with any vegetable oil at her restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it's safe to eat there. Yes. But it was so interesting when we found this research that says, when you cook in vegetable oil and you know, what is that?
2: Yep. What is vegetable oil? Right? Yeah. It's a bunch of junk. Soybean oil. Yeah.
1: You know, canola oil, all those. Yep. You want to eat over. (laughs) You just keep wanting to eat. Yeah. I really
2: think that is surprising. And you just keep eating these vegetable oils and it's really been linked to this obesity crisis that we've been talking about all morning here. And if you, If you just would eat at home, you'd use what? You'd use yummy butter, that coconut oil, or a little olive oil. And all these fats help you to satisfy your hunger. And at the end of the day, stabilize that blood sugar. Mm -hmm. That's so important.
1: You know, there are many habits holding you back from people reaching their weight loss goal or their health goal that we haven't talked about today. Mm -hmm. So... As you're kind of thinking about this, um, you know, cooking at home certainly is a big one for sure. Oh, yeah. And we understand that when you work all day and you go home and you have to cook, so you have to make these meals really simple. Yes. They don't have to be gourmet meals. They can just be simple. Right. You know,
2: so. Simple meat, vegetables and some fat. mm -hmm. That's it.
1: So kind of thinking back at your own self, which of these habits that we're gonna talk about now are sabotaging your weight loss goals. So, do you skip meals? Do you skip breakfast? I mean, you know, those are two big ones. Okay, do you skip snacks?
2: Or do you buy a bag of chips with the intention of only having a few at the end and you end up eating the whole bag?
1: Or do you eat your leftovers off your child's plate? Right,
2: <laughs> or do you sneak a soda every chance you get?
1: Oh, I've heard that one so many yeah. times. You know, do you settle in after dinner with a glass or two of wine? Right, or have you signed up for the annual cookie exchange? Yes, is that I sabotaging? Hope not. I know. You know, kind of. You gotta be kind of honest with yourself. What habits are holding you back and sabotaging your weight loss success? So, Marcy.
2: Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing.
1: Fun show. Thank you, Marce. Yes, thank you, Dar. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio.